And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic Podcast Network. My name is Jared Weiss. I'm joined by a new friend tonight, Mark Schindler of Basketball News. Mark, welcome to the Ding. Thanks for having me, man. I'm psyched to be here. All right, we got some good ones tonight. Brian Smith is our producer, as always, on Wednesday mornings. Let's start back in Boston, the game I just got back home from. The Celtics beat the Hawks 107-98. Jason Tatum was just dominant in the fourth quarter, really just in the second half of this game, after the Hawks were just killing them in the first half. Yeah, it was kind of wild the way it started out. Jalen went down with the ankle injury early on, didn't come back. It looked like Trey was going to be out with an ankle injury, too, and I tweeted out early in the game, like, oh, this looks like it's going to get ugly for the Hawks. So I think it was like six to two, the first four minutes in, flipped on his head real quick. I mean, Bogdan McDonovich was absolutely on a tear tonight, too. Bogey, it's funny you mentioned him because he had a great, great quote after this game uh, via Chris Kirscher of The Athletic. Mind you, Hawks were in control of this game. Celtics stampeded back, won pretty easily in the end. Bogey after the game said, when you're up 15 and they lose one of the top two guys on the team, and if you're not able to win that game, you're not a good team. And we know this. The Atlanta Hawks are not a good team. They, for a little while, seemed like they were. John Collins wasn't playing in this game, but, I mean, the Hawks are just kind of falling apart. And the Celtics just kind of toyed with them in the second half of this game. Yeah. I mean, Jason was awesome the entire game, honestly. But once he hit the third and fourth quarter, he absolutely turned it on. Um, he had a play like coming around the corner on, on Danil Gallinari, went for a floater, missed it, put back. I mean, he was absolutely killing tonight and everybody picked it up late in the second half. Derek White was was killer. All around, it's really good game. What was really bad about that Tatum put back was that he's following his own floater that he put through like three defenders. He just effortlessly tips the ball back in. It wasn't even like a tip. He like grabbed the ball because nobody was there to even try to rebound it. It was Atlanta just, they looked like they kind of let go of the rope at the end. And you mentioned Derek White. Derek White really went on a tear with that floater game of his. He got like three baskets in a row, I think, late in the third quarter. And he scored again at the end of his stint in the fourth quarter. Celtics started to really push it open from there. They started trapping Tatum. Tatum was kind of toying with Atlanta's defense, finding Grant Williams for a couple threes in a row. And, you know, the offense was good, but it was their defense that got it done. I mean, they they held Atlanta to, was it like 33 points in the second half? And Marcus Smart, that block he had at the end of the game, was just unbelievable. If DeAndre Hunter had scored that basket, I think it would have put them within eight. Uh, and that was the closest it, it felt the entire second half. And then that ended up being Grant Williams three on the other end. It's kind of all she wrote from there for the for the Hawks. Celtics defense. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about this. You know, I, I hear this all the time as I cover the team. Everyone's talking about how great their defense is. This game defense was not that good in the first half, but I mean, credit to Trey. Trey was just getting guys on an island and just burying 30 footers over them. So that certainly helped hurt it. But their defense looked like the elite dominant defense they've been for the most of the last couple of months in the second half. What is your thought on how the Celtics are looking on D and how they're holding up 
as the sample size kind of grows bigger and bigger for how well they're playing in 2022. I mean, especially adding in Derek, like we saw his first game against the Hawks. I, honestly, that game felt eerily similar, like super close, but then Hawks let it slip late in that game, especially because of their defense. I mean, adding in Derek, a guy who I would have close to all defense this year, has been fantastic. I mean, even without Jalen tonight, like I thought the switches were pretty rough in the first quarter, but then after that, I mean, they really cleaned up. Al was fantastic. I think, yeah, he had four blocks and I feel like all of them came within like the first five minutes of the game. The way that Rob Will has been rotating and just playing back line, like he had 13 boards tonight, was just all over the place defensively. I mean, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought this would be the best defensive basketball. It took them a while to get here, but they feel pretty locked into where they're going with that now. Okay, then other side of that, Atlanta, they are just floundering still. One of their own best players is saying that they're not good. Is there, like, what the hell do you think is going on with Atlanta? Man, for me, I mean, they've they've crossed the Rubicon with with where I'm at. I mean, I felt that about the Knicks a couple of weeks ago. For the Hawks, I mean, similarly, it's just execution for them. Like, it's even just small things like screening. Like, even Clint Capella, who's been vocal about them needing to be better. Like, I mean, he's not screening hard. Like, it sounds like minute stuff, but especially when, you know, you need to execute late in game and you're not completely setting a screen or, or finding full contact and you're slipping everything, like, it comes through, and, it, and you see it. Washington play defense; they don't communicate the way that they need to. They keep saying, "You know, we got to be better." And I don't know; it's just kind of like a bad relationship, man. They keep saying, "Oh, you know, I'll be better, I'll change." And here we are, at five hundred basketball. So they got to put up or shut up, man. But they haven't yet. Well, we know there's a few people there that want to break up. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll find a new boo. Yeah, no, it seems like it, especially with how things are headed towards the off season. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, it's comeback season here on The Ding because the Raptors had a huge fourth quarter comeback against the Brooklyn Nets. They win 109-108, to 108, led, of course, by their great, iconic point guard, Malachi Flynn. The Prince was promised, man, uh, after things just had not looked up at all for Malachi Flynn throughout the entire last year and a half of his existence in Toronto. He's had two games back-to-back with Fred Van Vliet out and looked fantastic. Obviously, both blowouts over – I mean, one blowout over, over Brooklyn and – a good game tonight. I mean, he was controlling in pick and roll. They finally were getting to it more. They really struggled to to get into Brooklyn's zone after they shifted to it. But I mean, Malachi hit some really timely shots, was dishing the rock well. Really awesome game from him. And nice to see him finally hit his stride. And uh, Gary Trent Jr., is he their best offensive player right now? It feels like it sometimes. It, like, it, honestly, with how that team plays, it, it rotates from time to time, possession to possession. Like, I mean, Scotty Barnes couldn't hit anything, you know, part of the ways through the game. And then he hits like a fall, fall away shot that was absolutely key for them getting up late in the fourth quarter. Gary struggled a little bit from the field tonight, but I mean, he started getting in the teeth of the defense, had a couple of nice floaters, getting to the rim a little bit more. 
but I think that's part of the problem too. Like their half court offense is so, uh, so up in the air of what's actually going on or who's who they're trying to get the ball to that. I'm just kind of like, well, we'll see what happens tonight. And that's, uh, that's kind of, that was kind of the case tonight. Yeah. Okay. So this comeback is, I mean, a lot of Trent scoring, especially late at the game and Flynn, he kind of carried them in the early part of that comeback. So I guess walk me through what you saw there. A lot of it was just clamping down a little bit more on defense. I thought Seth Curry was like doing Kevin Martin mid 2000s crap, uh, you know, just getting random fouls in isolation in a way that I've never seen Seth Curry do before. But once they started to hone some things in defensively, I felt like that opened things up for them offensively because they were able to push the break a little bit more. It was a lot of just, you know, trying to get stuff going in the middle of the zone. Thad Young was huge for that with them, too. You know, just trying to shift around things in the floor. It still wasn't pretty, but I felt like mostly it was the defense opening some things up offensively for them. So Toronto, they are still in the play-in, but they're ahead of Brooklyn in the standings now, which seems absolutely fucking insane. But, I mean, Brooklyn was missing all their guys tonight. Like, Seth Curry was carrying the offense. And, hey, James Johnson had 19 points. It's amazing watching him kind of – is he reviving his career or has he actually been playing this well? We just haven't noticed. But – Either way, do you think Toronto is showing that they're probably with the way that Brooklyn is free falling and that you know, Goran Dragic at least came in and he had 10 points, but they don't really have their guys right now. So do you see Toronto staying ahead of Brooklyn in the standings? At least for now. I mean, winning these two games back to back was so huge for, I mean, A, to keep out of any tiebreakers and B, just to keep ahead of them in the standings. Like we still don't know exactly when when KD is going to be back. Ben's still not even practicing yet. So I have no idea what to make of that team. Like I was talking about this with somebody the other day. Like, can you call them contenders? Like, yes, theoretically they are. But right now, I mean, they have less than 20 games to actually see all three of their big three together. I mean, Kyrie didn't even play tonight because, you know, that's, that's how it goes right now. But I think obviously once we get to the playoffs, it's going to be different. But right now it's it's hard to see them getting past Toronto unless a massive tear goes on. Well, they are now three games behind Toronto. Toronto is tied in the loss column with the Celtics, 27 losses, but the Celtics have three more wins. Celtics are tied with the Sixers and Bucks. Sixers up in third place for wins. I mean, it's East, East is very flat at the moment. But the Nets are pretty entrenched in eighth place, and they could be the most scary eight seed you've ever seen in your entire life. It, it really is going to be a weird playoff run or a fun playoff run in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out if Heat culture is for real and if they're going to try and run from the grind and dodge the dodge the one seed. But uh, it's been so odd to see the way that things have sh- shook out. It's kind of like a wasteland, especially with Milwaukee falling off a little bit the way that they have down to where they're at now. There's definitely going to be some shenanigans around the one and eight seed. I'm interested to see how that plays out. Honestly, man, Jimmy Butler is going to kick your ass for even suggesting that they would run away from the grind. You almost brought some stuff on yourself talking about James Johnson. He's the best player on the team as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I don't mess with black belts, all right? He would definitely kick my ass. All right, real quick, last year, Minnesota, they upstate Golden State. They win 129-114. to 114. Cat dropped 39. Malik Beasley had a really good shooting night, been up and down shooting night for him. Steph Curry had 34 points. Is Minnesota the best team in the West now? I mean, this, this, is, uh, this is pretty uh, phenomenal watching them beat a team like this. Minnesota was just fantastic, you know, from jump pretty much. But with the caveat, like, Draymond's still not playing. Clay didn't play tonight. I think especially with Draymond out, you're seeing how much not having a third big, well, I guess you should just say second big on the roster behind Kevon Looney has hurt them. Like Kevon Looney was a plus two tonight and they lost by almost 20. Like that was, I don't want to say that was the sole reason, but 
I mean, they were playing Jonathan Kaminga at the five. They played Juan Toscano Anderson and, and Otto Porter at the five a little bit, and just it wasn't working. I mean, Cat was even when Kavanlin was out there, Cat was bullying them. I mean, his just aggression on post ups, getting into the paint in general this year has has really ratcheted up from where we've seen it. Their defense was extremely locked in. D'Angelo Russell was fantastic tonight. Like I saw D'Angelo Russell was driving to the rim. Like if that doesn't tell you where uh, Golden State's <laughs> defense is without Draymond, I, I don't know what will. But I mean, Minnesota was getting hot at the right time, man. Listen, man, nothing like some D'Lo shade to close out the show. Thank you to Mark Schindler making his Daily Ding debut. Thank you to Brian Smith making me sound like my voice isn't completely gone. We'll see you next time on the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. Take me out of here, Mark. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.